Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello and welcome to the 300th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Matt Perkins. And keeping it basic tonight, guys, a quick slant across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City. It's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. What up, what up, what up, man? We are closing in at the end of our season. Uh, We're going to throw a couple quick slants on Friday against Lawrence County in the last ever game at Hillwood High School. The last ever game. The, uh, The closing ceremonies. The closing ceremonies of Hillwood football. Well, uh, we can't get started. Wait, why are they Why are they shutting down the program? We're just moving on, <laughs> under a new name, James Lawson. Um, we're moving. We're moving buildings, and the building is changing names, so Hillwood will cease to exist. There we go. Well, oh. uh, here you already see him, folks. The third amigo in the second city, uh, a man whose favorite, uh, a man whose favorite brand of refrigerators and his favorite uh, traditional colonies share a name. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. Make what? Time. Amana, <laughs> baby, the Amana colonies and Amana refrigerators. <laughs> okay, um. that one, that one, went over, that one went over my head, right? Of there. all the people that shouldn't go over your head, Mister Amana colonies. <laughs> um, no, it's guys, it's it's episode three hundred, which is kind of incredible. So uh, we will uh, we will do a little bit of navel gazing here in just a moment. But before we, we will get- play clips of. 300 the movie just we're just going to play 300 the movie for this episode so I sit back and enjoy i've actually never seen 300 the movie it's not bad every bit of ridiculous you think it you think it is yeah i mean i i figured as such so but uh you know you guys here already know that we are presented by betonline.ag with football back and in full swing bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season They've got the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. They're con- your continuous source for all sports wagering info. Bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. They've got the fastest and easiest ways to bet all your f- favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head on over to betonline.ag to join today and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Gents, we are going to start back in the beginning here because uh, it is, uh, it's episode 300. And uh, I just want to say, first of all, uh, congratulations. Uh, and thank you for putting up with me for uh, 300 episodes. And uh, I just wanted to ask you guys, because this has been now part of our lives for this is our eighth season uh, that we mm-hmm. are in. What has been some of your sort of favorite moments and favorite things that have happened along the way, Josh? 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's kind of do a round table. My uh, starting at my bronze position, my third favorite thing was, uh, as coach knows, we like to do some impressions of coaches yes. and, and none of them are particularly <laughs> good. But my personal favorite was for, your birth- for, for my, my personal favorite was for your birthday, Matt. Uh, I sang happy birthday with a very thick lisp like Lee, Lou Holtz and uh, performed it in the style of Marilyn Monroe's seductive birthday song for uh, JFK. So uh, that that's definitely a, is it a highlight or a low light? So that's my bronze. bronze Who's to say that they're there. mutually exclusive, Josh? <laughs> Coach. What, yeah, what I mean, I, I think the, the, the night I went on a medley of, of coaches with uh, Coach O, Spurrier, Bowden, Lou Holtz, and um, I can't remember what other coach I, I went under, but I, I started I – started, and just the uh, random weirdly, high school coach. Weirdly, you did Dave Wanstad. Yes. I, thought it, I thought it was Jim Donnan, but um. – <laughs> <laughs> Go dogs and eat his axes. Yeah, no, that, that was a fun one because I just I had a full on conversation with myself for about five minutes in all of these voices. Speaking yeah, of impressions. absolutely. All right, Josh, what's your silver? So uh, this this is kind of a deep cut, but way back we were uh, previewing the a the ACC, and uh, one of you mentioned like, oh, North Carolina might be a sleeper. They have a good quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. And I just like went off on this tangent. I was like, Mitch Trubisky, you can't have a quarterback with the name Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky's not the name of a quarterback. He's going to do nothing in the NFL. And then he I proceeded to I have was a, driving home. <laughs> he proceeded to have a really good car. season that year yeah. for the Heels. Became a first-round draft pick. The number, what, number three overall, the, number two overall, something yeah, like that. Went to the playoffs with the Bears. Had the double doink. And for a while, my random tangent seemed to uh, to be completely incorrect, but uh, time has proven my random rant correct as uh, as Trubisky's struggling here uh, with the Steelers. I always liked it when we made fun of the uh, the ridiculous spreads that Kansas would have, even though we can't make fun of that anymore. But um, <laughs> the Rutgers football tangents we went on, all the burying the leads, all that stuff was was a lot of fun. I always enjoy doing the uh, Ivy League update. <clears throat> oh, yeah, we haven't gotten and, one for a while. It's it's, <laughs> it's been listen. I was watching Dartmouth Penn a couple weeks ago uh, on a Friday night because my life is Atta that boy. exciting. Um, <laughs> but Josh, I think my- we all I, I think we all know what number one is here. And <laughs> so, so for those of you who were um, <laughs> who haven't been with us for all 300 episodes. Let me set this up. It's the fall of 2016 <laughs> on episode 74 of the oh, Illegal wow. Motion College Football Podcast. This is mid-October uh, of our second season of the show <laughs> in 2016. Uh, what, what did we hear? Oh, you, you, know what? Clip. you know what? I'm going to double down. I'm going to make an insanely bold statement. Do it. The Texas Longhorns <laughs> play TCU November 25th, the week before, six days before, on the 19th, they travel to Kansas. I think, T- I think Texas is going to be looking past that game. Texas is going to have a couple wins. They're going to be feeling good about themselves. They're going to be in position for an okay bowl game. 
some of the storm has even quieted about Charlie Strong. Kansas is going to stun him. There you have it. And the, and the final score of that game? And the final score of that game at... Doesn't matter. Kansas won. Kansas won. Um, I don't have the actual... I, I don't have the score of the game, but that was the nail in the coffin for Charlie Strong. That was Charlie Strong's last... Uh, that was Charlie's last season at Texas. He was fired thereafter, and they hired Josh, someone else you hated, Tom Herman. <laughs> Tom Herman. Yes. Well, what was funny, too, is it became a recurring bit where each time Kansas got like blown up in a game, it, it was I would come in and be like, well, Kansas didn't care about playing Iowa State. David Beatty's got all of his focus on Texas. So it became this like the entire season. <laughs> the entire season, the joke was that you had David Beatty on speed dial. Yeah. I still love David Beatty on speed dial. <laughs> and they were geared up for Texas. <laughs> We campaigned for them to take to put the track back in and everything. Oh, that was fun. No, that was. Uh, and, oh, and then on God. episode 85, uh, it, it had come to fruition. Uh, you were the official Josh Tradamus. Um, so uh, congratulations, Josh. <laughs> but yeah, this has been uh, just on like sort of like a personal like note and aside, like uh, just basically an excuse to hang out with my two closest friends every week, multiple times a week has been uh therapeutic in a lot of ways beyond just football so uh thank you guys for uh 300 episodes so far and uh hopefully uh more than 300 more so hey shout out Definitely. to kate from maine in our main minutes <laughs> the main minute oh it's been a minute shout out to kate in maine <laughs> kate in maine hope you're doing well with 34 <laughs> seconds left to go and opening all the merch Matt's wearing. Oh, I've got all right the merch now. on tonight. I've got, I, I, I've got the, I've got the shirt when I used to be a professor uh, and I used to be the professor. I've got the, uh, the, the engraved mug with the, uh, this is only for the video audience with the football on the bottom. Um, you can uh, email the show. If you want some merch, we can make that happen. Um, yeah. So we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll put Josh to work. Sounds good. Actually, no, my, uh, you, you know what, my, uh, my, my glass guy, the guy who makes these, uh, these glasses in Chicago. So, uh, okay, all right. Nah, I, I'm you. too busy. Me and me and David Beatty are game planning stuff. <laughs> How to beat Texas, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, um, uh, let's get into uh, what just happened over this past weekend because ooh, yes. what just happened. Um, I, I think the answer is a lot of things. Old Dominion. That's the answer. Old Dominion. They beat Coastal. <laughs> yes. Georgia Southern, huge win. Oh, wait. Um, not, not move the needle, huh? No. So, let, okay. So, what I'm going to open with, the game everyone's talked about, Tennessee, Alabama, Tennessee, Alabama, Tennessee beats Alabama, blah, 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 blah. Was that even the best game of the weekend? To me, yeah. I Gosh. thought it was. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean... I'm not going to lie. I watched every minute of it. Um, That's saying something, Josh. If you were watching every minute of Tennessee, Alabama, <laughs> that means it has captured the. Come on over, baby. Come on I, over. Let's come to the dark side. Well, I love I mean, it. I have a. I, I'm He's a true lie, Southerner. I've, I've always had a little soft spot for Tennessee. I've got a. I got a coon hound. Smokey's a coon hound. Uh, Rocky Top's a fun song. <laughs> Um, I like they that don't pay their orange, electric not, bills. Not not, not doing questionable things with bears. 
Um, no, I mean, what are the contenders? You got you got the Oki State TCU that overtime shootout. Game. You got the uh, you got the Utah two point conversion game. Uh, I, I mean, the whole weekend lived up to its hype, and I think what's fun is you get these kind of like twenty four hours of pandemonium. And I think Tennessee, Alabama fits into that 24 hours of pandemonium. You don't want to take any one of those games out. Otherwise, it weakens a little bit of the weekend. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for best game, I don't think, you know, best played, probably not. (laughs) A million penalties for Alabama. Uh, They got themselves into an old-fashioned Big 12 shootout. was it the most technically sound game ever played? No, but was it worth the price of admission? Yes. Um, what's going to be interesting, though, is uh, there's a very real possibility that uh, Tennessee gets blown up by coaches' dogs and, and they don't make the SEC title game and, and Alabama represents the West with the lone loss like we all expect. And Alabama, you know, win or lose in the SEC title game, still a good chance of them making the playoffs. Um, it, it could be in hindsight, a really meaningless game, or if Tennessee knocks off Georgia, they win the sec, they make it to their first college football playoffs. We'll be looking back saying this is a huge game. It's sort of a wait and see, um, just based on how the, uh, the West just, yeah, no one is this a 2019 LSU situation. Is this going to be a blip on the way? Is this going to be a, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not ready to crown them 2019 LSU yet, but we're staring down the barrel at an Ole Miss Tennessee SEC championship game. You guys realize that, right? Like, oh, coach, my favorite scenario that I read about today is the All SEC playoff scenario. Have you seen this? That. Have you I'm, seen this? So hey, what? Inject it, inject it into my veins right so now. So here's what happens. Here's what happens. Um, Tennessee loses. Tennessee dream. loses to Georgia. Um, yeah. And then Ole Miss loses to Alabama. Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game. Ole Miss, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama all have one loss. And uh, and, and then we have a loss from everyone else. They're the top four teams left. Mich- Michigan and Ohio, Ohio State, State, one of those yeah. two teams yeah, is going it's be. undefeated. Um, and uh, uh, guys, Clemson sitting State. pretty... Guys, Clemson's uh, about to lose to Syracuse, by the way. You know that, right? You guys are about to get <laughs> all aboard the Bruin Express. Is really what's about to happen. Let's go. Let's all ride. aboard, baby. All aboard, baby. I am like we 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 got Bruin country. Let's ride. <laughs> we got we got Chip Kelly. We got DTR like <laughs> conducting this train out here, and it is going nice and smooth after a bye week. Oh, heading heading the for little, okay. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Work. I am. That is appointment television for me this weekend. But let's move back to last week because, Josh, let's talk about – I want to talk about that TCU-Oklahoma State game. Um, so, first of all, shout out to my cousin Douglas, who's a senior at TCU, who sent me hey, pictures I, Hey, and I told you guys TCU was going to win game. that game. Um, I told you guys. Wild atmosphere. Wild atmosphere. It was – I was watching, and it was, it was, it was so compelling because TCU looked so down and out. And I don't know what got into them. I don't know what's gotten into Sonny Dykes. Uh, he's just uh, apparently moving across town has turned him into a different <laughs> man because he looks like a different man on the sidelines, coach. That's what's standing yeah. out to me. He uh-huh. has this different, like, he seemed downtrodden at SMU, and that's why I wasn't in on this hire. And apparently he has, like, gotten, like, an injection of life because he is 
he's he's going for it. He is just rallying the dudes, and there is like a he's got somebody named Hacksaw Max Duggan. Oh, Hacksaw Max Duggan. <laughs> well, hey, I'm I'm gonna keep saying that until it sticks. You know, you guys know that, right? I'm uh, I, I'm more interested in, in Quentin Johnson uh, in, in Quentin Johnson, there the receiver who yeah. has oh, yeah. the physicality, might be the best receiver in the country with. Jackson Smith and, B- and Jigba still on the sideline, and Kayshawn Boot decided to not show up this year. Yeah, although LSU did show up again uh, to the swamp, and uh, they 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 took care of Florida. We got to be worried about Billy um, Napier. No, not first it, year. It, no. no, I mean d- the team that he inherited was straight garbage. Who's Anthony Richardson? Like we don't know who he is at this point. We don't. We we don't uh, like. Well, maybe we do. I, I feel like we we're listening to a Slim Shady song. Yeah, he's consistently inconsistent. <laughs> you don't know what the heck you're going to get each and every week. I mean, it's like, will the real, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Will the real Anthony Richardson please stand up? And we don't know who that is yet. And I, I don't know that's going to get any better this year. They've got to figure something out. I don't know that he's going to finish the season. And we made a bold prediction on on SEC After Dark that. Anthony Richardson had a had the best shot of not finishing the season as the incumbent starter. Interesting. Even though the, well, Vandy's well, already well could happen. Vandy's already benched their starter in lieu of AJ Swan. And AJ Swan is he's going to be a dude. You think so? I, I I from what little I've seen, he's impressive. He doesn't have much around him. He doesn't have much protection. He didn't score a single point against Georgia this weekend. Well, I mean, come on. Well, that's like that, that was less about him and more about that, that was less about him and more about the fact they couldn't protect him. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't stop Georgia. They couldn't, you know, they just couldn't do much of anything. It's just that's just a matter of Vandy's roster being depleted, you know, and mm-hmm. not. I mean, they play hard, dude. Like some of the throws he made in that game were lost in the fact that the score was fifty-five to nothing, and. There was some like, especially in the RPO game, he was very decisive. Put the ball in some tight windows. He has a powerful arm. I mean, there's a reason why he took that job over. He's going to be a special quarterback. They just got to build around him. All right. Well, uh, from yeah. coach's mouth to God's ears, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to just circle back to the Oklahoma State TCU game. Uh, a lot of a lot of praise given to TCU. I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't. Uh, highlight something that every Oklahoma State fan is yelling at their TV throughout the entire game is routinely in these dumbfounding losses. What does Mike Gundy do? The turtle offense. (laughs) Let's take the foot off the gas, Ed Turtle. They scored 24 points in the first half, just six in the second half. And I know TCU made some nice adjustments, but the play calling was not nearly as aggressive, not nearly as fluid. You can't go ultra um, for an offensive genius for a former quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, he, I guess he's been watching too much OAN because he's going full conservative with some of his play calling. Okay, first of all, you deserve a rim <laughs> shot for that joke, Josh. That 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 is a very good callback to last summer. <laughs> Um, and secondly, yeah, <laughs> Gundy go. strikes again. And that's why, like, I've stopped, I've stopped believing that Gundy will ever take this program truly over the top. It's only taken. Yeah. Well, I had Gundy-itis because, because, 
I was gonna say I I, I got I, your I Gundy. I've never been a Gundy believer. I, I them in this game. No, I'm very glad I had TCU. He's, he's Just always the guy that's going to put up numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had TCU. He's always the guy that's going to put up numbers, but never really do anything substantial. Absolutely, absolutely. He's always going to um, have good like pieces. Brian no, well, well, Brian Ferentz's numbers are big. That's because yeah, Brian. When I think they're 131st out of 131 in the country. That is a big number, 131. Like, I mean, come on now. No, hey, yeah, if you ain't first, you're last. Illustrious. Um, but no, let's let's. He took uh, that to heart, Coach. I want to talk though a little bit more <laughs> about big about big picture SEC. Um, Tennessee being obviously the biggest okay. victory in, in over the weekend. What was the second most impressive victory to you yeah. over the weekend? Because I think you can make a pretty strong case it was Kentucky. Yeah, I think Kentucky. Um, that was a that was a really really good win for them against Mississippi State. Uh, I think it took a little bit of the wind out of the sails for for the Bulldogs. Um, I would also venture to say Ole Miss um, it got in, got into a game that. They really didn't want to be in uh, where they couldn't they couldn't quite put away Auburn, um, but they put the put the uh, pedal down and Mother Nature uh, got a little assist from Mother Nature and had a delay and finished that one off. But um, you know LSU getting back on track that was pretty big, uh, and that's about it because uh, some people were off. But um, you know obviously Tennessee is, is, is number one. I mean, it doesn't count as an SEC game because it was non-conference, but after uh, dropping three straight, very cathartic for Arkansas to lay the lumber to uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. BYU. Yeah, Arkansas. And, and about Arkansas looking, and BYU. KJ yeah. Jefferson looking, yeah. uh, uh, Jefferson like looking healthy, healthier, at least. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. Um, Josh, let's look, talk a little look, bit about Looking this. more like himself. Josh, let's talk a little bit more about this USC Utah game um, <laughs> because that, to me, was a, was a big litmus test because USC had been they'd been winning, but it hadn't been impressive, and it finally came and bit them in the butt. Um, but it wasn't the offensive that offensive was the problem this time. It was actually the defense, and then Cam Rising looking like the sort of like the Cam Rising that we saw in the second half of last season. Yeah, I mean, this was this was USC's issue. We talked about it a few weeks ago that uh, their their defense was really a uh, turnover producer, but give up a lot of yards between those turnovers. And uh, if you pardon me, looking down for a moment, uh, I got the stats here: just uh, one turnover generated, a, a lone fumble by Utah. What did they do otherwise? Five hundred and sixty-two yards, four hundred and twenty-four through the air, 138 on the ground. USC just doesn't have a, a championship-caliber defense, whether that's a Pac-12 title or a national title. Uh, they're just not there yet. And honestly, after watching Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, I don't think if Lincoln Riley ever cares to get there. No. I think you're right. It's a weird. It's a weird scenario with, with Lincoln Riley. It's just kind of like you're trying to figure out what what's going on there, and it just can't get over the hump. Just really, really can't get over the hump on that. And good for Utah. 
Good for Utah. Taking yeah. it physically to Lincoln Riley and the Trojans. Fight on, they shall not. No, they <laughs> shall not. Um, one thing that happened actually a little bit before the weekend, it was uh, Thursday night, was the Baylor-West Virginia game. Josh, mm. should we be concerned about Baylor? Is it time I mean, to they're, just they're... have a discussion about Baylor with your children? Like, do we need to be concerned? <laughs> no, that, that was a few years ago when they were going through some scandals. No, then uh, you could not talk to your children about that at all. That was actually completely forbidden. Uh, and now in about 14 different states, it's actually about outlawed to talk about that. <laughs> uh, in the micro, sure, Baylor's not living up to expectations. In the macro, they are the defending league champions. Uh, Aranda is a fantastic coach for them. Um, I don't think there's anything to be too worried about Baylor. They lost a lot of talent in that wide receiver core, and we've just seen that passing game kind of not uh, not gel the way we thought at times. And uh, and their defense took a little bit of a step back, but I mean that's to be expected. They were a veteran team a season ago, um, so I mean, are they not quite as good as we thought? Yes, but uh, but but I'm not like sending uh you know <laughs> red flags up there i will say though for west virginia i mean neil brown needs every win he can to try and save his job and it was a huge win for his career um it, i i don't know what neil brown needs i, I mean uh it looked dire there a few weeks ago I, i'm i'm wondering if you know if he can get eight wins maybe pick up a ninth with a bowl victory he, he'd probably be sitting pretty at that point but um yeah, massive win for for the Mountaineers. Yeah, the Big Twelve is a, <laughs> it's a very fun league to watch because it is so like you have Iowa State taking Texas to the wire, and you know of, of course you know getting the game handed to them. You have uh, Oklahoma Kansas, which was an absolute shootout. Um, Kansas with a backup quarterback almost pulled it off, but got got off got off to a slow start. And could never recover. Uh, you have TCU, Oklahoma State, and uh, their overtime duel. I mean, you just you know, you just never know week to week who's going to win and who's going to do what. I mean, you know, Kansas State is hanging around in there. Chris Kleiman has a very physical bunch there. So, you know, just each week you you look and you see the matchups. Like Kansas is taking on Baylor this week. That's going to be that's going to be a really good. Uh, that's going that could either be a really good. Uh, get well game for Baylor and get them back on track, or this could be something that slingshots Kansas back towards the top where they were headed earlier this season. So you have Oklahoma, Kansas state, which for Oklahoma is a very, very important game because they stop the bleeding, but are they going to turn the ship back around and, and, and get going in the right direction, or it was just a temporary thing, and and another cut's going to sprout up somewhere else and 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 bleed them out. So, you guys like my examples, don't you? Uh, I know you do. I know you're <laughs> jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but when you look at this league as a whole, like that's why I'm not sending any red flags because this league is just tons of parity, and you never know each week who's going to bring their A game, who's not going to bring their A game. Uh, who's going to do what? So it's fun. I'm going to enjoy the ride. I'm not sending any red flags over there. So 
it, we, we have we've gone this far and we've alluded to it, but we haven't talked about Syracuse yet. Now they beat a Devin Leary list uh NC State team. Baylor plays Iowa. No, never mind. Um Kansas State already played Oklahoma. That was an old schedule. It's Iowa that. State, Oklahoma. Yeah. This week. Iowa State. Wrong wrong state. Yeah, Kansas plays Baylor. Um <laughs> all right, yeah, go go for it. Um well I mean if, sure. The, the Dennis Leary list. Wolfpack. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I know Dennis Leary is a, that's a huge loss. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't a huge loss when he left the Monday Night Football booth. But uh, Syracuse, though. That was Dennis, Dennis Miller. Oh, God. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Wrong Dennis who peaked in the 90s. Um, I mean, it, it was like when it was like when uh, when they lost Dennis and like. They they found him later on, and he was in the uh, he was in the alleyway with that homeless guy, and he like made made life. Oh, that's Dennis the Menace. I'm sorry. All right, continue. What was he? He was beating up homeless people. What <laughs> you don't what? remember the movie where the guy, where the guy kidnaps him and like no he has the I did not see he, like, Dennis the Menace tortured. movie. Oh, you, okay. Where's your childhood, Matt? You got to see Dennis the Menace, dude. Um, You're gonna have to do no, some deep no, cuts on, on your no, cinema studies no, I, here. I, I've well, you can't now because you're too old. But I'm too. I have. Is Walter Walter Matthau was in it? He was. He was. Uh, uh, Mr. God, what's his name? Mr. Great Wilson. Pop. No, oh first, of all, first of all, first of all, Walter Matthau hasn't been good since The Odd Couple. Um, Syracuse Syracuse fans have been waiting for us to talk about. I know. Them. I know. So let's talk about this is our eighth season. Let's talk and about right as Matt brings them up. We start launching on Dennis the Menace and Walter Matha. <laughs> okay, so it's a great cinema classic of my childhood. Um, first of all, the Syracuse administration needs to like give themselves a pat on the back. Get rid of Jim Behan. Well, that and give themselves a pat on the back for keeping Dino Babers around because the one of the most impressive things to me about this run is that they've turned from being a sieve. On defense, yes, I know they were without, um, you know, who, wh- whatever you want to call his first name, Leary, Devin Leary, um, is yeah. but still just to give up nine points is impressive, uh, in and of itself. But Garrett Schrader has become, um, one of Garrett Schrader this year is what I expected Brennan Armstrong to look like. And Brennan Armstrong has been terrible. The entire state of Virginia or of Power Five Virginia is the entire state of it is god awful right now. That's a different yeah. conversation for a different time, coach. But we yeah, know James Madison's emerging. That's why I said Power Five, um, coach. They what, got upset, <laughs> coach. What's making Syracuse's offensive tick? Well, Schrader's leading a lot of it. Um, you know, tempo. I think that uh, Dino Babers has finally found his fit um, in, in, in the quarterback position. That's what he's been looking for since he's been there. Tommy DeVito is good, but it wasn't quite the fit. They didn't quite have all the pieces around him. It just, for some reason, didn't work. It's working for DeVito now um, at Illinois. But um, just, you know, I, I think Schrader has great command of the offense and great command of the huddle. He's poised. He makes plays, makes the correct throws, and doesn't make a ton of mistakes. And their defense is clamped down a little bit, and uh, that that helps, too, when, when your defense can get you uh, back in some good situations and not, you know, unfavorable situations where you're pinned back and you're starting average starting field positions bad and 
you know, they're giving up big plays and putting you at, putting you, your backs against the wall, stuff like that. I think their defense is helping them too. They're playing good complimentary football. Well, well, this is an unfamiliar role for me because I'm usually the most glass half full person on this show because I have to sit through Iowa every freaking week. But here's my concern about Syracuse. Their schedule was not a particularly strong one to start with. And as the, the cookies kind of crumbled, their schedule has appeared even weaker than expected. So Louisville, three and three. Not uh, not exactly gangbuster there. Connecticut, we knew would be bad. Um, there they are, although Jim Mora has improved them. Purdue in we December, talked about that's it a at great the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Purdue. We talked about it at the time. That was the uh, the ref ball game where Purdue had about fifteen uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties in a row. There, uh, Virginia is the uh, worst team in the ACC. Uh, that. Head coaching hire uh, Tony Elliott's proven to be uh, the worst of they, all of and the And they played Georgia Tech on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wagner, FCS, a really bad FCS program, by the way, one of the worst FCS programs, and NC State without their starting quarterback. So, yeah, maybe Syracuse goes down and upsets Clemson, and I will have egg on my face. Uh, but, but like, my, look at Clemson's schedule. What, what has their schedule been like outside of Wake Forest uh, and, and, and a Florida State team that played well at the beginning of the game? What is, I mean, the ACC in general is just weak. So well, by default, uh, schedule is going to be weak. Since you, since you ask, uh, Clemson has beaten Florida State, full strength NC State, who was 10th in the country at the time, and a road trip to Wake Forest. So uh, you yeah. know, I might, I might have, like I said, I might, I might be eating some crow in a week, but uh, I'm, I'm fully prepared for. NC Clemson State to, still plays defense, right? Yeah, <laughs> they do, they do. Uh, yeah. um, well, Devin Leary doesn't I, play defense. I am really. prepared. I'm prepared though for Syracuse to have the brakes beaten off their team. Uh, Coach just mentioned a former Syracuse quarterback, and that is Tommy DeVito at Illinois. Uh, Josh, I think Illinois with their. Yeah. Another solid victory against Minnesota, where they were the best team throughout the entire game. There was no question about that game to me. Um, they are clearly no, the not. best team in the Big Ten West at this point, are they not? Uh, very clearly, they are. Yeah. Um, for for Minnesota's perspective, I, I think the Chris Altman Bell injury is worse than expected. I, I thought they could patch things together in their receiver core. But Josh, he's uh, he's been injured like every single season he's been there. That's the thing about Ottman Bell. Like, I mean, I, he's been injured every year. I know. I know. But uh, but this year um, was just particularly, I think it, it was kind of a sucker punch to the team. It was the physical injury, but also the emotional one that had hit the team. Uh, Tanner Morgan got hurt. Morgan was terrible. Four of 12, 21 yards uh, before he got hurt. Uh, the, the Illinois defense is for real. And... Um, you know, I don't want to say it's a hundred percent a lock; it's done. But the Illini have a tiebreaker over Wisconsin. If I mean, this is an incredibly long shot, but if Iowa somehow woke up, which not going to happen, but they have the tiebreaker in that one, they have the tiebreaker over Minnesota, 
if in three weeks they beat Purdue, at that point it's a wrap. They've got so there's their uh, their schedule to wrap up at Nebraska, Michigan State, Purdue, at Michigan, Northwestern. They can drop that Michigan game and it won't matter whatsoever because if they win the Western games, they'll be seven and two in conference with a tiebreaker over everyone. So uh, it's not a done deal yet, but Illinois is the best team in the West so far, um, and they are the most advantageous of the schedule remaining. Um, what what so impresses me about Illinois is it's it's classic Brett Bielema ball. It's they line up, you know, about ninety percent of the time, he's turning around and handing it to Chase Brown. At 41 carries against the Gophers, 180 yards on 41 carries. Um, and, and coach mentioned Tommy DeVito. He is um this this sounds like a slight being like he's a game manager, but he knows his role in the team. He's not taking um risky shots. He is handling role. the ball well. Yeah. No, uh, your role. I hate. He, I hate the whole like game manager. You know. No, I thing. know. I, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. That's become a, such a negative connotation. Yeah, but I mean, it's. Uh, you know, he knows that he's not going out there and passing fifty-five times. You know, he he had thirty-two attempts, completed twenty-five of them. He's not, like I said, he's not gambling. He's not thrown into tight windows. Um, he's just letting the plays develop, and and he's just playing really, really, really smart ball. And with that running attack and Illinois' killer defense, um, DeVito's the perfect quarterback for this system. I mean, I'll, I'll take his I, I did, game manager style hmm, any day. I, I did read something interesting. It was uh, it was That's like it was a random blog that was linked on Reddit. So this is a uh, this is not very verifiable, but it's interesting fodder for us to talk about. They said the most logical thing is at the end of the season, Kirk Ferentz rides off into the sunset, and, and Brian Ferentz ascends to the throne. No. Iowa football. No. The the man with the Tiger Hawk comes home. Brett Bielema bounces on Illinois. Um, Iowa's had more success after win, recently. After winning a Big Ten championship yeah. with yeah. Illinois. It left for Arkansas after winning a Big Ten championship. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Iowa. Josh, I thought you were um, going to say you know, they, they're they're a higher Paul Christ. No, no, no. But it, it's an interesting. You're a higher coach prime. It's an interesting idea. Um, when you look at the two programs, Iowa over the last twenty years has certainly been the more successful program. They have uh, a larger stadium. They've done massive renovations to their stadium. They, they have a state of the art facility. Illinois has put money back into their program. Uh, but definitely in terms of the pecking order of, of jobs, uh, Iowa is undeniably a better job than Illinois. Um, 
<laughs> Does Brett bail, though? I, I don't know. I, that might be a bridge too far for me. All right. With the one minute we have here left here on week six, we haven't mentioned Michigan's just dismantling of Penn State yet, Josh. And you're a Big Ten guy. I mean, like, no. it's I, it's not, like, surprising, but the efficiency no. with which they did it was kind of shocking. Yeah, I mean, Michigan actually struggled in the first half down in the red zone. They They left some points out on the... The field and I, I was getting worried. I was like, this, this has like a few sniffs of an upset potential if Michigan keeps scooting around like this. And then Michigan came out guns blazed in the second half, totally obliterated them. Hats off to Michigan for that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know for me personally if JJ McCarthy has uh, fully won me over yet. I think he uh, still takes too many risks. With ball security, I think that might bite him against Ohio State. We'll see in a few weeks. Um, for Penn State, though, alarming, alarming issues. Um, they are terrible in bye weeks under Franklin coming out. Is Franklin is Franklin the Gundy of the Big Ten? Uh, well, it's he not has the worst comparison I've heard. But it, it is pretty accurate for, for certain things. But, yeah, it's uh, poor coaching performance by Franklin. Um, if he hadn't just gotten a massive extension, uh, his seat would be an inferno right now. Um, I know we're over time. Two games I just wanted to mention super quick. Uh, Tulane with a monster win in the American. They moved to 6-1. and one. Uh, I think they've really asserted themselves as uh, – Cincinnati's biggest foe. And then the fight in Jerry kills New Mexico state scratched out their second one of the season, two and five, but who did they beat their arch nemesis, the New Mexico Lobos awesome rivalry win. Uh, I think all of us love and respect Jerry kill and we wish nothing but success for him. And I think for my money, the hardest job in America so uh, good job by you, Jerry Kill. Well done. Yeah. Very, very Absolutely. well done. All right, guys, uh, let's get into talking about some of this upcoming weekend's action in spread formations. I'm uh, going to put a couple uh, 15 minutes here on the clock, talk about some of the biggest games. And I alluded to one of them earlier. Uh, <laughs> no, not quite, Josh. Uh, UCLA, oh. Oregon. It's in Eugene. Mm. Uh, Josh, the over under here is 69 and a half. Uh, Oregon is a six point favorite at home. And, you know, it's my turn to go first this week. And you know what? I'm just my analysis on the game is that uh, Oregon hasn't faced an offense nearly this caliber since they faced Georgia. Georgia lit them up. I think Don, I think coming out of a bye week, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, Jake Bobo, Jake Bobo. Coach Jake Bobo is like a very, very, very good football player, which is kind of scary. They're using him like they used Greg Dulch as the tight end last year. Yeah, Perfect man. in that role. Mm. Um, give me UCLA, not just to cover, to, but to win outright. Josh. Ooh. Well, you know stuff is serious when you break out the noise machine, and that's what UCLA has done uh, in practice to get ready for this game. Um, I am always curious what is the Outson Stadium magic up there in Eugene. 
They're right down on the field. It was built on an old landfill. Uh, crazy stadium environment up there. Um, this one is tough. This one is so tough. I think I'm going to play it a pinch safe because I don't know about the spread. I don't have a good read on that one. But I am sensing a classic Pac-12 shootout reminiscent of USC Utah from a few days ago. I'm going to take the over. That's a great choice. Um, I think the over would definitely hit. But I'm taking UCLA on the other end of this uh, shootout because – I like the physical nature in which they play. I like Dorian Thompson Robinson and the things they do with him and the things they do with Bobo and that receiving core. Uh, Chip Kelly's dialed in, and I think the Bruins are dialed in. This will be a tough road road uh, matchup for It'll them. It'll be but tough, but you know, but off. you know what's impressed me the most is the evolution of the Bruins' defense. They got a new defensive coordinator in there, and they've got a transfer at linebacker, Leitu Leitu, who might be the best defensive player in the Pac-12. He's been absolutely incredible for them. I love them in this spot uh, coming off of a bye week. Two weeks of that loud noise at practice. Just give me the Bruins all the way. I'm throwing, you know, I'm obviously very biased towards this one. Um, But let's talk about another one that I am biased towards. Syracuse, Clemson. It's in Death Valley. Clemson is a 13 and a half point favorite. Uh, here at home, uh, lines changed since I sent it to you guys. Actually, 49 and a half uh, over under. Now, I'm first here. I got another, I got a low, 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 low scoring game. If Clemson, if Syracuse is going to win, they're going to try to bleed the clock with Sean Tucker and using Garrett Schrader's legs. I like, a, I like Clemson to win a one score game, but give me the under overall, Josh. Well, I kind of teased my pick earlier in the show. I uh, I think Clemson's going to win. It's a matter of how much. And in my personal gut feeling, you play this game about 10 times. Clemson probably wins seven of them. And I would say of those seven, five of them are two-plus touchdowns. So I'm going to take Clemson to cover. I'm going to take Syracuse to cover. I I, I don't, you know, win or lose. I, I think it's going to be a tight game. So, uh, and I alluded to this earlier, um, but I, I just, for some reason, Clemson just has trouble with Syracuse. There's just too much orange in the house, I guess. I'm not real sure. But yeah, uh, well, <laughs> see, Clemson had trouble with Syracuse. It's something at Syracuse. It's something. They, they have, tr- they have trouble with them. Syracuse knocked out uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, I think. The last time they were in Clemson, when Trevor Lawrence was, was when Trevor Lawrence was there, and they were in Clemson. They knocked they knocked out uh, they knocked out Trevor Lawrence. Was it Trevor Lawrence or was no? Who was the guy injured that transferred to Missouri that was ahead of Trevor Lawrence? I thought that was, maybe that was the game that no that he came back. Kelly Bryant, yeah. he came back into that game. Okay, uh, but they because. Uh, the year before that was when they it was a Friday night game and they beat Syrac- Syracuse beat Clemson in Syracuse. It was an ugly, ugly game. The next year, Clemson ended up winning, but it was way closer than anybody thought it would be. All right, let's head uh, to another uh, team in Orange, Oklahoma State, hosting Texas and get another team in Orange. 
Uh, Texas, the lower ranked team, <laughs> and they're on the road, but somehow they're still six and a half point favorites over under 62. Quinn Ewers has been playing really well lately. Um, but I, I think that I still don't trust Sark, especially on the road. Uh, Oklahoma State getting points at home. Yeah, give me the give, give me the pokes, Josh. Texas needed massive assistance from the Zebras to beat Cyclones by three. I think you know where I'm going for this one. Okie State, I have them rolling. I, I've got them winning outright. I have, you know, you could have told me Okie State was favored by six and I would have t- still taken them. Uh, I think they're going to be super pissed about dropping the TCU game. And uh, I, I think I think uh, Hookham is in for a rude awakening in Stillwater. Yeah, this is going to be ugly, ugly, ugly. A lot of chunk plays for Pokes. <laughs> Give me give me the pokes, especially at home. And the over. They might cover it themselves. All right, let's stay in the Big 12. Kansas State at TCU. TCU is t- trying to stay undefeated. Uh, kind of only three and a half point favorite at home. I think that's kind of embarrassing, frankly. Over under 55 and a half. Uh, TCU is a team on a mission. They're gonna they're gonna win by I, I think they win by by two scores at least. So give me the horn frogs, Josh. Ooh. Well, here you go. Is it a hangover for TCU? <laughs> you know, they, they've read all these clippings. It's been uh, been a long week of a lot of smoke pushed right up their butts. And meanwhile, li- little old helpless Kansas State just been on the bye week, sitting up there in Manhattan stewing. I am taking the guy who's yet to throw an interception this year. Give me K-State with an upset because the Big 12 likes to cannibalize itself. I'll take the points. I think this will be, uh, you know, the spread's only like three, so it's almost a pick up. I've got K-State. Coach. I'm taking TCU on this one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the train. I think they're going to do it. I said they were going to do it last week, and they did. I think they're going to do it again this week. Give me, give me the horn frogs. Oh, speaking of which, I forgot to give our records last week, Coach. Um, yeah. you you had an all timer six and one last week. Oh, well yeah. done, sir. Which, Josh, which one did I lose? Uh, the only remember. one, Coach, that you lost was uh, you were on Mississippi State minus seven uh, at, yeah. at Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. Um, Josh, three and four. I had a week to forget at one and six. Um, my strategy, Ooh. my strategy was to pick unders last week. And there were a bunch of overs, except for the Syracuse game. That's the only one I got right. Syracuse. Silly. The only unders to take are the Iowa unders. Oh, good Lord. Okay. Uh, so uh, <laughs> coach is gone co- over there like Brian. Ferris. Coach is on. <laughs> you, coach, ma- you mentioned Iowa and I'm uh, <laughs> me and coach are on TCU. Um, oh, Mississippi, yeah, Mississippi State at, at Alabama, uh, which both teams. Oh, Need, both teams need to rebound after tough road losses to SEC East foes. Alabama, 21-point yep. favorite at home, over under 60. I'm going with the over in this one. I see lots and lots and lots of points, Josh. Sorry, Mississippi State. <laughs> Every year 
They are the team that has to play Alabama after their first loss. Uh, I got the tide coming out <laughs> refocused, super angry. I know it's yeah. three touchdowns in a conference game. I know Will Rogers can move the ball effectively, but uh, I just think Saban's been ripping into them for a week, and they're going to be angry and ready to play. I got the tide. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be one of those games where you're at halftime going. Okay, maybe I should have picked Mississippi State. And then by the end of it, you're like, okay, I'm glad I didn't pick Mississippi State because Bama is going to freaking roll in this one. They're, they're going to be tired of hearing about how trash they are, um, <laughs> although they had to deal with this distraction that Jermaine Burton uh, punched some girl in the, in the head. Um, Did he really? Storm the field. Yeah, there's there's some video out there. Um, it's that, I don't know. Like It's all blurry. You, don't, you can't really see anything, but it, it doesn't look promising for, for Jermaine Burton. That is not uh, that is not good, um, not good at all. But we've had the storming the field talk on this podcast before. We don't need to rehash it here. Um, let's finish it off uh, with the no longer winless Colorado Buffs. Uh, they are still terrible enough to make Oregon State a twenty three and a half point favorite at home Ooh. with an over under of fifty in Corvallis, but still. Uh, before we get in, before I even pick this game, Josh, quickly, we didn't even mention, dude, what is happening with Cal and Justin Wilcox? Uh, he's just not <laughs> that good of a coach, I think, is the uh, the simple answer. He should just go back to coordinating defenses. <laughs> I mean, he's a great defensive coordinator. Some of those Cal teams were fun, he, but my God, they are terrible. He and David Shaw had a private bet as to see who could get fired first. And uh, David Shaw messed up by somehow beating Notre Dame. <laughs> well, no, what happened was that neither of them can afford uh, their the housing prices in the Bay Area anymore. And they needed that that severance payout that you know that they get when they're fired. Like my goodness, God, that is terrible. Like, I don't know. It's almost as bad as the Virginia and Virginia Tech, like the, those two teams in the Bay Area. I don't know how Sam. Oh God, Notre Dame's a mess too. <laughs> Notre, Dame, no, Notre Dame is, an, is, is a freaking joke on the field. They don't have an offense. Um, but uh, Colorado, Oregon State, let's get back to the matter at hand. Uh, I have no handle on this. And when I don't have a handle, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to default to going on the under. So I'm taking the under on on this one. Yeah, so uh, let, let's run through uh, Oregon State because they've quietly been been plugging along. They, they dropped those two games in the middle of the season. Uh, USC by f- three. Utah, well, Utah beat them up quite, quite handily, but those are two of the better teams in the conference, so certainly no shame in dropping those two games. Uh, no shame in they this beat game. Boise. Yeah, they, they beat Boise. They beat a healthy... Fresno, they beat a really good FCS team in Mount Montana State. Uh, they went on the road and knocked off that Stanford team that just uh, managed to beat Notre Dame. And they won by two scores against a really uh, solid Washington State team, a, a team that I think we all respect. Oregon State, uh, they're they're coming along. I, I, I like their progression. I think that they are going to dominate this game and uh, – and, Despite the win and getting off the schneid, I am not a believer in anything Colorado is doing, although I will say Owen McCown uh, has certainly solved their quarterback 
play issues. But uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Beavers. I have uh, no clue about either of these two teams <laughs> and what they bring to the table, but I guess the future fighting Matt rules um, are just on the wrong end of a 24-point spread. So I'm just going to go ahead and take the beeves in this one. Um, don't really know why. I if if you're if you're if you're to the point where you're listening to me about whether or not to pick the Beavers minus 24, coach, you, you win probably, six and you one. Last, get some help, coach. You win six and one last week, man. Like, I know. <laughs> This might be my one this week. All yeah. right. Well, uh, Josh, any other uh, any other games you want to talk about for the upcoming weekend that you're looking forward to? Actually, one uh, one we didn't get to uh, from last week. Um, Matt, I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. You are our resident Jackrabbit man, and they they pulled had off quite the win. A little win in the Fargo Dome. Do you yes, want to tell us about uh, about that huge Missouri Valley football conference game? I mean, I don't, I don't want to call it a changing of the guard, but it was a game that the Jacks needed. Like they, I, I felt like you know, I they've had upsets before, but to do it in the Fargo Dome, I think this sort of sends a message that you know they might be taking over that. They're close to taking over. Over, they're on par. I think they're on par basically now with North Dakota State. And, you know, especially with James Madison having moved up to the FBS level. Now, North Dakota State needs that second team. And it, 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 this time it's going to happen to come from their conference. And North Dakota State has been at this level for a while. But they are now here to stay as, you know, the 1B to North Dakota State's 1A. That's my takeaway from the game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, to answer your original question, though, any other games? Uh, we've not talked much about the MAC. Huge, huge, huge MAC matchup. Uh, Toledo, five and two on the road at a plucky four and three Buffalo team. Uh, mm-hmm. Something to keep an eye on if you're yeah. Both, for some by the way, both undefeated in conference right now. Both teams three yes. and zero in the MAC. Indeed, that's on ESPN Plus for those of you subscribers out there. Absolutely. All right. Um, Coach, you got any uh, final words before we sign off here? No. Happy 300th episode. Happy 300th, 300th episode, gentlemen. Um, it as, uh, as always, it's been an honor to, uh, uh, to be on with you guys. So uh, until next week, until it's the 301st edition, uh, where we actually will be having a special guest on the show. Um, I think we can go ahead and announce it now. We have a former LSU quarterback, uh, Josh Booty, will be joining us for a segment next week, uh, which uh, we will be calling Booty, 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 Rockin' Everywhere. And uh, it will be a lot of fun. So I hope you guys will tap in for that on the Believe Network and Mike Farrell Sports. So on behalf of... We'll make sure we treat him like family. We are absolutely going to be asking him about... uh, Coach Welcome Kelly's to the accent. Family. <laughs> I do declare. You mean Co- Coach Boudreau Kelly? I don't know Brian Kelly. I only know Coach Boudreau Kelly. I'm Coach Boudreau Kelly, and I do declare that this is a great atmosphere for all the families. Did, and we're did gonna Lou have Holtz some good crawfish. Did Lou Holtz have a southern accent? Would he was at South Carolina? How would that have sounded? Like? Of course he did. 
I once spent time in Arkansas, man. This is great. And South Carolina. They let me wear a beaver hat right then. We went over to live in South Carolina. I like I South Carolina. I ripped some papers up. <laughs> I ripped up some papers there, and uh, I paid some way for Steve Sperrier at South Carolina. That's good old boys. On that note, gentlemen, (laughs) on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, in Nashville, Tennessee, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook, up there in Chicago, Illinois, this is the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins, in Nashville, Tennessee. Staying so long, and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast slash, uh, I don't want to say mocking mocking voice mimicking voices show <laughs> so long and see you later everybody across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like updating turbines at one of our indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.